come about if you are black and you are first and you had it already and you never came in touch with us, right. what the hell are you doing with it? So right. what do you do to get them to reconvert in order to manifest a form of superiority? Mm. Mm. It's the same thing with the Arabs yeah. and the Salafi, right. right? The Salafi ain't nothing but Wahhabism. Mm. The dude by the, the bull Wahhab that created it, you had the swords. Snoo Mathers with my motherfuckers ass. You wanna know how to rhyme? You better learn how to add. It's mathematics. <laughs> Mighty most definitely. <laughs> it's simple mathematics. Check it out. <laughs> I'll revolve around science. What are we talking about here? <laughs> peace, living God. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. This is Rakim with Wazadone. Today I got my brother for the second time coming through the show. Uh, you, some may know him as Khalil Allah, some may know him as Malachi Fard, but he's definitely a deep brother with a, a great understanding of the lessons and the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. So I can't wait to, uh, you know, get into this bill. I appreciate you for coming on, bro. No, I appreciate it as always to just be um, invited on just to, just to build a little bit, man. No doubt. No doubt. It's always a pleasure to have you on, G. Um, and so um, it's been a... I think one of maybe about a month and a half, um, we were uh, we were discussing um, on the Killer Priest show uh, where uh, Rasul Allah had made some comments about what Islam is, and he gave the view that Islam is orthodoxy, right? Like. Yeah. Like you have to view it through that type of lens. And uh, I know you had you had some thoughts about that. If you can uh just kind of build build with me and, and what, what were your thoughts whenever you you saw his interpretation of what Islam is? Um I didn't really see nothing deep about it. I was more affected by um what we would consider uh brothers of knowledge yourself not being able to actually answer that in a more credible way mm. Mm. um you know whatever it is that you state you are you should be able to defend what you are right it's just that simple but as far as his breakdown that's just what melakazi york said anybody that is aware of dr melakazi york's uh, particular writings know that he made the same exact um, argument, which again is a childish argument and is misrepresentation of the understanding God, of Lord and Master and normally lay on head. So what what is that argument that Dr. York was was? Yes, sir. Dr. Melakazi yes, um, York movement was to say, if you know, Islam is an Arabic word, and because Islam is an Arabic word it doesn't equal up to our self-lord and master if you are looking at Islam from that perspective, mm. you know, and then, you know, believing that Islam means a particular thing, which is submission or submission to the will of Allah, you know, um, which they usually say submission or Muslim mean one who submits his total will to the will of Allah or something like that. Um, it's childish in, in its root. Um, from how Dr. Malakazi York actually attempted to support and to defend that. And because of the brothers uh, dealing with the Sunnah, then of course that fits in his to try to give some type of credibility to his discussion pertaining to the root of Islam and then taking it back to the Arabic of its origin, Islam, 
and stuff of that nature in order to try to justify and undermine the ultimate reading and usage of the acronym ISLAM or I-S-L-A-M as we use here in our culture in America as the gods, you know? Right, 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 right. All right, and so as far as ourself, Lord and Master, obviously that's something that we came up with here in the in the wilderness of North America and how we view Islam as our way of life, right? Um, right. If you can, so what? How do you what? What do you see that as meaning, right? Because I I know you you have you have you always um, look for the inner teachings and things, right? And um, I think that's one of the reasons that makes your you know wisdom that powerful is the fact that you're able to see the inner teachings within the teachings, right? And so, what do you see as far as your breakdown of what Islam is? Okay. Before we even get into that, let's get into a deeper understanding of the word Islam mm -hmm. and what the Arab and the Orthodox um, component usually attempt to take Islam as Islam is meaning submission. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And Muslim is one who doesn't mean, I mean, mean want to submit. Now I'm going to read from a book called Debate in Sharia, Islam, Gender, Politics and Family Law Arbitration uh, by Anna Seed. Quitterwig and Jennifer A. Selby. So it states, Islam, the causative of wholeness, peace, well-being, and safety, means wholeness-making, peace-making, well-being-making, and safety-making. On the other hand, the quasi-passive form, Islam, was the nuance of initiating wholeness, peace, well-being, and safety while deferring the agency to someone else, which best translated as submission. Hmm. But that's not Islam. Now let's continue and let me just read it a little bit more if you be a little bit patient with me. Yeah, for sure. No, that's what we do. The question of good and bad. Now look, this, this thing is interesting. Muslim is intimately related to the question of what the words Muslim and Islam mean, Islam mean, and how these Arabic words are translated and expressed in the English language. While Islam is usually translated as submission, I would like to present a new understanding here, shaped by my study of the Arabic language and my own life experiences in Canada. In the following, I suggest that the meaning of Islam is better conveyed by the terms wholeness making, peacemaking, well-being making and safety making. Hmm. This understanding is based on an analysis of the word's grammatical form in conjunction with this root um, jada, which is together shape, which together shape the meaning. To illustrate the finer nuances of form and highlight the meaning of Islam, I will translate submission back into Arabic and compare the resulting word with the original. This method is well known for checking the adequacy of a translation. The closest Arabic translation for submission is Istaslam and, and not Islam. Both words are 
or um, infinitives and are derived from the same root, SLM, which in its most basic form, form one, has the meaning of wholeness, peace, well-being, and safety. The words have different forms, which are given in Roman numerals in order to tell them apart. Islam is a form four, Islama, Yuslimu, and, and Islaman, while it's the, and it's the, and you know, I'm pronouncing it too well, but it's a, it's to Islam, which is I-S-T-I-S-L-A-M, is a form X. Islamah, um, Yastaslimu, and Islaman, these forms generally modify the meaning by giving it a different nuance. Form four of any verb or verbal noun as in, as, as in Islam generally lends the basic meaning a causative sense, which a form X as in is, is Islam gives it a quasi-passive meaning. This form implies that the subject seeks to perform the action generally by deferring the agency to someone else while receding into the background. Form X thereby has an initial causative spurt and then the action peters out. Thus, one hand, the form for Islam, the causative of wholeness, peace, well-being, and safety means wholeness-making, peace-making, well-being-making, and safety-making. On the other hand, the quasi-positive form. X is the Islam has the nuance of initiating wholeness, peace, and well-being, and safety while deferring the agency to someone else, which is translated by submission. For example, one might submit to God by initiating the action of making a hold or one's devotions to him, such and such and such and such. So what we're getting into is, and not to get it out, because we're going to, so it goes and then by has an initial causative impetus, but no continuous activity. One submits to someone else by initiating peace with that person and deferring the agency mm. to that person. This quasi-passive nuance of an initial peacemaking action and then no action is adequately conveyed by submission. In my experience, then it goes into another thing. But what it's trying to say is that the root of Islam does not mean submission. But that the root of Islam means wholeness or oneness. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes. And so that would mean that would be to me that makes more sense, right? Um, especially and especially whenever we're not dealing with a mystery God or a concept of a mystery God, right? When we right. God itself um, and uh, a, a state of being to ascertain, then these are part of this. These describe that that completeness as far as attributes as someone who is a, a peacemaker, someone who is striving to be their complete self. It's it, it, you know instead of some you know just the thought of submission, right? Like, oh, Absolutely. But that is what happens when you allow for religious individuals to try to hide things in order to bring us into a mystery God form. And even if we're using the terminology as submission uh, or to subdue, which is pretty much the same thing if we're making reference to that particular reality, inside of the gods, we use terminology as ourself, Lord, and master. Mm -hmm. The most honorable Lord Muhammad teaches us that culture is an outgrowth of knowledge at a particular time in history, mm -hmm. right? Mm 
Mm-hmm. So if we're looking at something like to use the um, the red herring, well, Islam is an Arabic word. It isn't. Hmm. Because this, we're going to get into that to make it understand a little bit more clearer. But one thing, when we look and say the word Islam, then that is English, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I-S-L-A-M. Mm-hmm. That's just transliteration into the English language. Right. Right? Right. So we're not sitting up here putting the word yes, sod, lam, aleph, ming. We didn't do that. Right. We have I-S-L-A-M. So once it is transliterated into the English in order to be understood into English or Roman consonants or in, 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 in vowels, right? Then we have an I, we have an S, we have an L, and we have a M. If nobody or English speaking is looking at the word Islam and reading it in this Arabic tongue. Right, right. We pronunciate it in the closest formation form in English. Mm-hmm. We write it in the form for which is in English. They're not writing it in Arabic. So when we look at I-S-L-A-M, then we have a right to then take the, the root consonants and vowel for which has been transliterated into the English language and then given an acronym to it. Right. Which right. actually defines what the word actually means, which is wholeness, um, oneness, and peace. Because when we think of ourself, Lord and Master, we learn in our um, 12 Jews of Islam, number 12, what do we learn? We learn that happiness is a total and complete satisfaction of one's true self. Mm. Right? Right. So at the root of every single thing that exists within the universe is Allah. Hmm. Allah is our true self. Thus the Holy Quran teaches us that Allah is the only reality. That means anything outside of Allah is an illusion. Hmm. Right. Right? Right. So if we break that down into psychology, then you have the false self and then you have the true self. Hmm. The mm-hmm. false selves of the quantitative uh, mirror or aspect that we create to produce whatever came from our traumas, whether it came from our self-doubts, our self-loathing, or whatever it might be, we begin to produce this from our environmental intake, which take us away from our true self as the original man. Right? Mm-hmm. So when we look at ourselves, Lord and Master, is it not deemed that man must first look at himself then look at the different qualities of himself and then bring these qualities of himself under his divine mind, under that divine will, as they use in religious submission to Allah, we use in mathematics the divine will or divine mind of the true identity of being and true will of self brings these forces under its power hmm. to unify it under the dense reality of being as God. Right. So even though we say ourself, Lord and Master, is that not wholeness? Is that definitely. not the only peace right. that you can truly have? Because right. there is nothing outside of that. Right. 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 So people get caught up into the language and they're getting caught up into what I consider to be the symbol, but not what it means. Mm-hmm. And what is it telling you? Right. Man is arm, leg, leg, arm, head. Now, people will say, well, no, that can't be true because Allah stop it. <laughs> I mean, ain't no mystery God named Allah Allah. Right. Man named him Allah. Right. Man named Yahweh. Man named Elohim. Man named Allah. We did it. 
Because mm-hmm. they was men. Right. Right? Right. They were men. So we're not going to play the game of mystery, God, and spookism because that's not true Islam if we're going to deal with it from that perspective. So when we look at even the title of Allah, what else do it mean? You have four qualities of being. Those four qualities of being, fire, water, air, earth, break down into consciousness. It breaks down into different uh, uh, forms and characteristics of being. It sprouts throughout the universe in the formation of stars. It goes into the dietary, biological aspect of being. All of this must be brought under the oneness of the divine mind. Mm. All of it. Mm-hmm. It is a balancement of it that brings wholeness and oneness to the being. Therefore, making him what we would consider divine, worthy of what Sora 15, 26 down to 28 tells us, right? Mm-hmm. Because we get into that Allah creates this black man. As they say, the essence of black mud. Mm-hmm. They creates this black man. And when he creates this black man, he calls the angels, the Malachim, to bow down to this black man. Mm-hmm. But the word malakim is from the root word malak or malak. And that particular word doesn't necessarily come from the root of angels is the word that actually means like, it means like to be more broad than that, not limited. So it's talking about like the powers, principalities and everything that exists in it. That's in the universe right. or in the heavens, the uh-huh. universe. Right. So before, so when if God or Allah tells these angels to bow down to this black man, what he is really saying is that all of the powers of the universe has been given to him mm. to control, mm. to develop himself to master. Therefore, this black man is Khalifa, mm. is the supreme being on earth, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because you cannot sit in my seat and not will my power. <laughs> right, right, right. Right? Right. Right, right. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just, uh, I think that that's... That's just spookism. And yeah. I don't even want to get out of it, spookism. Exactly. It's spooky. We ain't right. dealing with no mystery God teachers over here. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's not even planned, but don't, but don't come with the baby language. Yeah. They try to do a Melakazi York thing. Yeah, yeah. Melakazi York was cute. I respect him. Right, 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 Look, right. Everybody that come in always feel like they got to try to tear down what comes before it in order to justify their position. Your position is justified by, well, you do what you do. Exactly. You do what you do. Right. And we ain't attacking nobody. Right. So there's no need for you to come here to try to attack us. Yeah, that's that's facts, God, and I, and you know, but you're right. That that's definitely rooted in spookism and not seeing things within the reality that they truly exist in, right? Absolutely. Um, and so that can cause a certain type of delusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I want to get into this because I saw you build on it before. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, even if you choose orthodoxy, right? Even if somebody says, hey, this is what I think is best for my family. As uh, you know, mm-hmm. black man, I think this is best for my family. I'm going to be a Sunni Muslim or whatever, right? Like, I, I respect mm-hmm. everybody's um, choice to do whatever they feel like is best for them and their family. But yeah, you know, that's, that does not mean you have to become an Arab to do Absolutely. That. Right. Like if somebody just like, you know, somebody uh, is 
is uh, studying the Bible. You don't have to become a quote unquote Hebrew in order to do that, right? Like you don't have to take on absolutely of people that are outside of your community. Um, and so I remember you, uh, there was a build that I think somebody uh, had uh, attributed to somebody else, but it was actually you where you were kind of um, going through how in a lot of cases, maybe not all, but in a lot of cases, how Hadith is actually really just the promotion of Arab culture. Yeah. If you can get into the get into some of that, because I thought that was very interesting because I know I've known brothers who have, uh, you know, uh, became Sunni Muslims. And um, for the most part, they're all great brothers. But I also noticed that in some cases, not all, they feel you start seeing the Arab, the Arabization. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's a very simple thing, right? Mm hmm. The Quran doesn't teach nobody to wear a beard. Mm. Mm. Right? The Quran doesn't tell nobody to wear a jollip beard. The Quran doesn't teach nobody to wear slippers. The Quran don't tell nobody to move the index finger as they do salat. Mm. The Holy Quran doesn't even teach them to say the Adan the way they say it. Mm. Mm. That ain't even the original way the Adan was saying. Mm. Prophet Muhammad wasn't even mentioned in it. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. The Holy Quran doesn't teach you to eat with just your left hand. <laughs> right. right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Holy right. Quran doesn't teach you to cut off the bottom of your pants. Right. All of this is Arab superstition and cultural nuances mm. that has been put into Islam. Right. Listen, how is it? that you are not following the sunnah of the prophet. When do the Quran tell you to follow the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad? Hmm. Where do it tell you to do it? Hmm. It doesn't. All the prophets follow the sunnah of Allah. Right. According to the Quran, the sunnah of Allah. Well, well what, so whenever they, whenever people give shahada, and um uh, and they said misunderstand they, uh -huh. <clears throat> they misunderstand if that's what they choose to do then that's what they do but understand this sitting in front of anybody to give a shahada to be accepted by who <laughs> the holy quran teaches us and the most honorable Elijah muhammad brought this up and he taught this he said that we are muslim by nature when we look at the word Muslim, we say, well, Muslim means to submit to do the will of Allah. Reality is one of the other definitions of the word Muslim is mu, one of, SLM, wholeness or oneness. Mm. Mm. That's Muslim. The Holy Quran message just said that Islam is the nature of creation. When dealing with Surah 30, Ayah 30, when the usage of the word Nature is the word. Ah, it's passing my mind, right? Mm -hmm. But, and I'll get back to it. This particular word, which is in the Arabic language, actually means, let's say if you was walking down the street, I'd rather use something to define it better. So let's say the fitra, 
All right. Yeah. So that big word used there is fitra for nature. All right. Now, let's say if you're walking down the street and somebody's walking in front of you and that person looks like they're ready to fall and you bend down and you go to catch them. Nobody had to teach you that. Right. It is a natural instinct for you to reach out to help that person before they fall. Right. If you're walking down the street and you see a child being beat by an adult, no one have to tell you to stop that from happening. It is the natural reality of your creation. It right. is the natural reality of your inner aspect of being. Your conscious, the inner, the inner aspect of being to do good, to do right. Right. right? Right. That is Islam. It is the natural state or origin of a thing. It is the natural instinctive reality of a thing. Mm. You can't be taught that. Right. So you can only be redirected to get back that righteous state of being. Right. So, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, how when um, out in Israel, in a lot of cases, when sub-Saharan Africans get to Israel, they, you know, that are Jews, right? They make them reconvert. Like, who are you to tell them that they have to reconvert? It's called racism. Right. Because if they come there mm -hmm. by themselves, who is the original, already right. has it all, then that has to say, we, how the hell did you come about? If you are black and you are first, and you had it already, and you never came in touch with us. Right. What the hell are you doing with it? So right. what do you do to get them to reconvert in order to manifest a form of superiority? Mm. Mm. It's the same thing with the Arabs yeah. and the Salafi, right. right? The Salafi ain't nothing but Wah Wahhabism. Mm. The dude by the, the bull Wahhab that created it, you had the Sauds, the Saudi family, who was a tribe there, it became a ruling class, made an agreement with the dude that started the Wahhabi movement and told him, if you was to take this, and you can read about this, if you was to take this, this will give you credits. <laughs> you dig that? Right. So when the Saud family took over and took over power, then what did they do? They pushed Wahhabism. Mm, right. Wahhabism eventually became Salafi. Right. Nothing in the Quran tell women to wear black. Nothing in the Quran tell women that they have to stay in the house and then uh and cover up their windows. Nothing up in the Holy Quran tell a woman to cover her face. And doesn't and doesn't the um, Holy Quran actually say? I'm paraphrasing here that we raise like 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 prophets and messengers are raised up with, within the community that they are going to be speaking to. The Holy Quran teaches that to every nation, Allah has raised a messenger from amongst themselves in their own language right? so that they can understand clearly. Mm. So you mean to tell me, to the Israelites, you had Musa, you had Suleiman, you had Da'u, um, to, to the Arabs, you had Prophet Muhammad, to the people of Hood, you had Hood, then Sahih, Ad, to Amin, you had all of them. But Allah, even though in his Quran, he say he does not break his sunnah, meaning the way that he deals with man. 
in the way that he deals in his ways and actions with us. But when it came to black people in America, we got nothing. Huh? We got nothing. He breaks it sooner. Right. He breaks it. Right. Right. So right. he breaks the sooner when it come to us. Right. So we are so less that we don't get our own message and our own language so that we can understand clearly. And, you know, and exactly right. And what's also funny about that, I like there were there was a um, I forgot his name. I forgot his name, God, but I, I'll have to find it. But he he was a former minister in the uh, well. I don't know if he was a former minister, but I know he was a former registered member of the Nation of Islam. And we know that um, as far as uh, during slavery and the transatlantic slave trade, 30 percent of the uh, enslaved came over here as Muslims. Right. And so you always had a you always islam had always been a part of black american culture 30 percent is a high number also you know we had we know that uh noble drew ali and the more science temple of america um came out um in the uh, early 1900s what around 1913 i believe something like that and um or maybe 1914 not sure but uh and then we have um you know the teachers of uh, W.D. Farad and um, Elijah Muhammad, which are, have, are responsible for, I would say, at least half of the brothers and sisters in the wilderness of North America who have, who have found Islam. I think I would, I would be willing to bet that they are uh, definitely, you know, responsible for a great number. With that said, with that said, um, with that said, there was a, I don't know if he was a uh, former minister, but he had, he was a, he was once a, a brother that was um, at least a registered member, I know, right? But he, um, he became an imam, a Sunni imam. And the way that they, he was delivering a speech in front of the Arab world. And it was about the greatness of Malcolm, right? Right. And we are, of course, we understand, we know and understand Malcolm was a great man and we appreciate him. But the way that they were kind, the way that they were doing it seemed a little bit condescending because it was in a way they were saying that his version of Islam and the nation of Islam was not real Islam, right? Well, of course they're going to say that, <laughs> right? But that goes back to, down to Arab superiority, exactly. But it goes back to what you said. The Quran said, as far as raising up messengers that will bring a message to a people that is from the people, right? Absolutely, in their own language, so that they can understand clearly. Hmm. You hmm. can't get around that. Um, right. The uses of the language um, where you can understand clearly, which is sorely ignored and by those of the Sunnah. Mm -hmm. It's severely ignored. Why do, well, why do brothers uh, that, because I've seen it, right? Um, not just the, not just him, but personally, I've seen brothers who once they, once they become Sunni, then they start thinking like that as well, right? Like, like, oh, that was that wasn't real. That was this. That was that. 
Um, well, there's a reason for that. Whenever you have a people who do not know who they are, they always attach themselves to things. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. Right. You can't get around it. Our people is no different. If we if we turn Sufi with our African brothers, we want to all of a sudden put down eating utensils. Mm. Mm -hmm. We want to all of a sudden wear African dress. Mm -hmm. We want to all of a sudden gain accents. We all of a sudden want to eat with our left hand, with our right hand. All of a sudden. Right. When we turn to you take the greatest house Negro. I mean, you take the greatest Negro from out of the middle of the hood. You mm -hmm. turn Sunni Muslim. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> he cut off his pants. We had Jala B and you would thought he was born in Yemen. That's how heavy his accent is. <laughs> facts, facts, facts. You understand what I'm saying? Right. But that's what it is. But but the message it teaches us that cultures and our growth of knowledge at a particular time in history. Mm. Mm. It's good that you can go back and research these things and study these things and take from these things for which is necessary for your yes. development. Yes. But it's a more greater thing in order to gain understanding. We learn that understanding is a picture one making his mind of knowledge. Knowledge is an all observed. Knowledge is the foundation. Mm -hmm. So if we are not manifesting from a level of understanding, which is superior understanding, when we approach something, then we are approaching it from an inferior position. Right. So and how can you ever reach a form of equality with any particular teaching if you're already stepping into it as you believe in that you're inferior and they have something that is superior. Hmm. What makes what they teach right? Hmm. Is it because of the color of their skin? Is right. it because it looked like they're from the motherland? Right. Or are they from the middle of Arabia? These individuals are goddamn people that took from you. And, and, and so with that said and how we just built on um, the, you know, the process of Arabization through Hadith, you can read the Quran for self, right? Why would you can learn Arabic for yourself too. So why, so, and I, and I understand why some people do it, but so would that mean that it is not a requirement, like if somebody wanted to take that journey, that it is not a requirement that I join up with any, you know, quote unquote organization, especially one that's outside of our community, to look for some type of validation as to validate me and what I'm and what I'm trying to do. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so yeah, you know, like and it is it is interesting. Um I mean I, I, before you build on that, I, I but I, I did want to say so you know, I have seen the other I have seen the other side of the coin where I've seen Sufi orders that had Europeans in it right that with a european right. with a european there's like you know videos i don't know if he was notch bondi or what but he he was um he he had a stack of um the most honorable elijah muhammad's books and he was like the teachings in this ain't really different from the teachings that my shake give me it's the it's the same the connection the the you know he looked at you know they see it obviously from their cultural paradigm but right. um, you know, in a lot of ways, they said that the the teachings were right and exact because they were the same. So I did want to kind of put that out there that it's not it's not I wouldn't say it's you know the a hundred percent Muslim world because you have some that understand and some that don't. Right. 
I would say that there are similarities in the teachings with many things. Hmm. Whether you have the Akhmadiyya, where you have those um, that was brought here by the Prophet Ali, you could see some similarities in Hinduism, Buddhism. You could see similarities in Sufism. Right. You could see similarities in many things. Right. It ain't like Master Fra Muhammad made this stuff out of his mind. Right. Well, meaning up out of nowhere. The yeah. Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us that he went and he studied amongst groups. He traveled to India. He traveled to Africa. He traveled through Arabia from which is birth. He traveled through these regions and into America. He traveled up into Europe. What do you think he was going there to do? He was studying. Right. He was right. developing himself. Right? right. So then he creates a system or makes a system for which was suitable in order to develop a people from one state to another state and set up a curriculum in order for them to study, to get back into the knowledge of themselves and kind and the universal order of things. Right. And so, so with, you're going to find that, you know, you're going to find that. And so with that said, we've seen how the teachings have cleaned people up from drugs and alcoholism uh, obesity, like all types of things, right? Nothing has done it like the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Well, how can somebody look at it and 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 say, "Hey, that's not real Islam"? If they see what it has done, it's very simple. They are dealing with control. Mm. Hey, listen, we are told in the allegory, but has a literal basis of the deportation of the moon. Mm -hmm. Because somebody couldn't speak the same language. Right. But inside of that, we're talking about the ignorance of arrogance and ego, mm -hmm. for which caused the deportation of the moon. Right? This is no, this is no more than what we see today. Mm. Let, let me read to you something of dealing with the last messenger thing. Mm -hmm. That is used, but just absolutely incorrect. Yeah, because I definitely that's a yeah. that's an interesting topic, right? Because you know what to say that. Like, you know, that was 1,400 years ago, right? Right, absolutely. And the Quran doesn't teach that he's the last messenger. <laughs> okay, so Bill. They don't Bill. teach Prophet Muhammad the last messenger. And this is on a post that I made October 24th. I said, Muslim has several translations, one of which is Mu, one of, and SLM, oneness and wholeness. Allah is all that is within its being is the balance and scale of existence. All things are perfect and in accordance to its existence or creation. An attribute is defined as a quality of feature regarded as a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. It is Allah who is one. It is Allah that is whole. At the root of all things is Allah, as Allah is the quintessential, primordial essence and source of all things. Thus, at the root, there is oneness of all things. At the root, there is wholeness of all things. Therefore, Muslim is an attributal characteristic of Allah and inherent reality of all of existence. Within that understanding is the key to why the messenger stated that all Muslims are Allah. Hopefully, we one day consciously realize this. Now, after I wrote that, a brother came up on the page. And he start going into the breakdown of how <clears throat> we are not Muslims because he does not see the Honorable Elijah Muhammad name in the Quran. So in the discussion, he wound up arguing and saying that Prophet Muhammad, while he's of 1400 years ago, was actually the last messenger 
of Allah. Let me, let me pull something up so that you can see this. So when he made this statement, I respond, and I don't want to get it mixed up in anything of, of what I said, so I'm going to read to you my answer. And I'm going to read to you the surah of the Holy Quran that they misuse to justify. <clears throat> Just let me um, grab it. Be patient with me, God. So, I appreciate it, though. All right. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he goes in and he uses this surah. First of all, oh, hold on. Homeboy likes to remove things off of pages. Let me, um, <laughs> yeah, here it is right here. So he attempted to use a surah. Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me see if I can pull it up. Damn, it's getting bad. All right, let me see if I say, all right. He uses Sora 30, Ayah 40. So I'm gonna pull that up. Right here. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I'm use a better translation. All right. So it say, Muhammad is not the father of any of you men, but he is the messenger of Allah and the seal of the prophets. What they attempt to do inside of the Noble Quran is to attach Sila the Prophets with the last messenger or Sila of the messengers, all right? The Holy Quran doesn't necessarily say that, hmm. okay? So I'm just going to say that again. Let me give it to you. <clears throat> in my response to him and him using that, I said that Holy Quran 3340 calls the Navi the last messenger. Um, you say that, he, that, that in Surah 30, 30, it does not prove that the Nabi is called the last messenger. Instead, it confirms that the Nabi is the messenger of Allah, Rasulullah. But it doesn't state that he is the last messenger. Instead, the Allah states in the same ayat, Kataman uh, Nabiyin. Kataman means seal, stamp of approval, etc. Nabiyin means prophet. So according to Surah 3340, the Nabi is the messenger of Allah, Rasulullah, but it doesn't state that he is the, the, the uh, Kataman Rasulullah, seal or last messenger. So the Quran itself doesn't necessarily say that Prophet Muhammad is the last messenger because that will be incorrect. That will be Allah violating his own sunnah or dealing in actions with the people when it come only to black people. Right. Why would it do that when he just said, when he went so far as to detail the first man created on this earth is a black man. Right. And I gave this black man power of the forces of the universe. Hmm. So why would he then say to these black men and women, Hey, I'm going to break the way that I've been dealing with people forever when right. they come to you. Right. That's illogical. Right? right? That's an illogical thing. But that is something that we have been set to accept because we have self-hatred. Yes. We have self-hatred and we don't know who we are. Mm -hmm. So whenever somebody come to us with something that appears to be a... Uh, 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 what they do or their cultural stance, then it got to be right. Like they'll go and cut off their pants, talk about the hellfire, 
Yeah, you caught up in what I would consider symbol instead of substance. Mm, right, right. Because the reality is, is talking about your lower desires. And you know what else, God? You know, you know, not to cut your wisdom, but it just made me say something. You so you know how we just spoke about the uh, the uh, allegory of of the of the deportation of the moon, right? Right. So they will turn their nose up at an allegory that we have that will that is designed to bring about a higher understanding or 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 inner teaching within a teaching, right? But go ahead and accept somebody else's allegory on face value, like it's nothing. That's Let's even not even just deal with the allegory. The moon was deported from the earth. Mm, right, right, right. No, I saw... Um, I, I know what you're saying, but I'm yeah. just telling you it was. Right, and I right. want them to know that. Right. Right? Right. Because it was. You got into Sumerian teachings, and you got into Chi Amaru, or the Olmec people, the teachers of it. And scientists today has proved and stated that the moon was once part of the earth. Yes, I saw, uh, I saw a scientific article on it the other day, actually, about... Uh, you know, the moon once being a part of the planet Earth. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So it is nothing like deep about it. The Quran don't teach the gen to be spooky. <laughs> why? Because, why? Because it states that um, before the creation of man was the gen and they made them for smokeless fire. Notice yeah. that what that is making reference to in that particular ayah is talking about the creation of a physical man mm. in a more denser form. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the gen itself is something other than a physical form. Right. But if right. we're going to deal with it, before we get into the denser caliber of form and what we are referencing to as man, what will be smokeless fire? Smokeless fire will be radiation. Mm, right, right. We learn of in the Bible that the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Mm -hmm. Water something like undifferentiated matter. Right. The spirit represents radiation. So therefore, in that matter, the jinn did exist before the physical aspect of man. Right. But at the same time, when you are born, first you have to understand, when we get into alchemical and even allegorical teachings, man is associated with reason. Right. Hold on, right? hold on, hold on real quick, G. Hold yes, on. sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, so yeah, um, and so now that's in... Just that I think even even as we built on before, how sometimes in certain schools of thought, there's a, a teaching and an inner teaching within the uh, school of thought. <clears throat> and um, but whenever it's one is specifically designed for us and our people, that's when it, that's when the allegory is or any type of allegory is viewed as not being acceptable um, when the allegories of other cultures, even if they have a literal aspect to it as well, are seem to be more acceptable. But you, like you said, that goes against what the Quran has said. Like it make like how for us to for us to be able to um What's the word I'm looking for? Us for to be able to um, continue to strive and grow as a people, right? Because we know what has been done to us historically in this country. Um, for us to continue to grow as a people, we would have to have 
teachings that were catered to that people. You know what I'm saying? Well, every system must. Right. Because how can something else gravitate and pull us from out of the month that we was in? Right. In the system. When you look at um when you look at how our lessons are set up, mm-hmm. when you look at how the teachings are set up, they set up as a curriculum in order for us to develop ourselves from one state into another state. It's a curriculum that we are approaching, right? right? So if we don't approach it as a curriculum, how do we ascertain um, the high levels of understanding that we are the great, right? Mm-hmm. Many of us just get up into just getting up and citing um, a degree. Right. But getting up into citing a degree don't give you true understanding of the degree. Right. Now, I'm not trying to knock um, my NGE brother gods who, who gets it in, you know, mm-hmm. but I will say this to this extent, a lot of gods, and I find it more with my NGE brothers, they'll rather go into an allegorical breakdown of a degree mm. instead of an ultimate research of that degree. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's a deeper reason behind the degree. Right. And the allegory that you're given, right. which it has a deeper study. It's not, to say that, it's not to say that the allegory or the way it's broken down wasn't right and exact. It's the fact that right. so there is more to it than just... It, it definitely is more to it than that. Right. It is more to it. Right. And um, <clears throat> and just let, let me, let me, um, let me, let me just read something. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see something. All right. All right, I'm still here. We can finish talking as I look for it, brother. Yeah. No, and so um yes, I know we were uh also building about the significance of the problem book, right? And what it um I'm because I'm I'm not as familiar with it as some uh but I always thought it was interesting uh, what uh, Master Farah with Muhammad was trying to do by, you know, creating these mathematical problems for his followers and students to to solve, right? And then until I started studying how this is this practice is actually done. Um, in a lot of different cultures that, or orders, I would say, that are, you know, dealing in that type of science. So from from how you see it, like, like what is the significance of the problem book? And is there any, and I know you were building with me before uh, off camera about there are some things out there that are, that have, that that are similar. You know what I'm saying? If you can't get into that a little bit. Oh, yeah, sure. Um... First of all, the problem book, whenever you review people took their time to read the problem book, is surely showing us our problems mm-hmm. and the healing and development of working out those problems in a mathematical way. Right? Right. Now, before I even get deep into that, let me bring your attention to something. A brother by the name of, um, was the former minister, Brother Angelo Muhammad, Minister Angelo Muhammad. Years ago, he had sent me something. Oh, let me just pull it up. He had sent me something on here 
for which would eventually years later bring me into a deeper understanding and a deeper studying of the problem book, which I'm definitely not a master at because I'm definitely, when I read the study of the problem, I get a headache. I could break down lessons, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> All that mathematics. <laughs> what the number did it? That's not me. I don't, I'm telling you, it's certain gods that are beasts that day. Mm -hmm. me, right. That's not me, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, that's not my greatest forte to sit down and do the mathematical problems and all of that to the particular degrees. But what I will do is read something and what this leads to, and then we will go into some other understanding of it, just to show that there's a deeper meaning to it. So let me um, grab this real fast, mm -hmm. and then I will go into a deeper understanding of some things and what, and what the Savior did in order to manifest it for us, okay? Hold on, I'm almost there, God. Give me one second. Okay, I think I'm... Okay, I think I'm here. One, two. Oh, it's a little far back because so many years, but I think I have it now. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is not it. This is... Okay, here it is coming up now. One, two. There we go. All right. All right, let me see, I'm right here. Okay, it's a little bit further up. Give me one second, God, We're almost there. Yeah, no problem. All right, here it is. <clears throat> so he sent me what you would call the Bahajun Guide. It's B-A-H-U-J-A-N Guide. Mm -hmm. What you learn about the Bahajun Guide is the same. It's a mathematical, now first let me say who the Bahujan is, though if I'm pronunciating it right. The Bahujan is a word that has been classified to deal with the caste systems that is inside of India, mm. right? This particular caste, namely the oppression in the caste system that have the Delits and indigenous people of that area under siege. Because mm -hmm. there's a caste system. Right? right? Now look at how deep it is and how the Savior brought this to us. Now look, inside of this, the Bahujan are the 85%. Hmm. They wow. make up 85%. Now I'm going to read something from you from the Bahujan guide to show you how the structure of the problem book that was given to us is exactly the same structure that is given by the, to the Bahujan in the Bahujan God, to the Dalits and the indigenous people, teaching them, you know, the caste system, teaching them the error of the caste system, what is wrong, the problems that they are suffering from, how to overcome it is in it. Now look, it's a five or 10 strong, men cannot fell, <clears throat> a horse for want of an appropriate technique, but the weakling horse, shoe fitter, fells it with ease within a minute. The horse shoe fitter has the right technique. Then it goes on and it says, Bahujans are 85% of the population. If the Bahujans can mobilize 40% of the Bahujan votes, they will win all the seats in the state assembly. Why are they failing? What is the way out? Attractive reward for the right answer. Anybody that read 
the problem book. No, that that sounds just like <laughs> this sounds exactly in structure right. to the problem book. The Bahujan are the lower, they are the majority, mm. but they are the lower of the totem pole worked inside of the caste system. Right. Which was set up by the Brahmins. Right. Hinduism is the taking of all of the indigenous and all of that of systems that existed before it and then putting it into a religious, quote unquote, um, institution to be used as a political force and agenda to oppress the original people there on that continent. Right. Right. Right, because when you got the Brahmins, the Brahmins came in was a mixed breed, mm. which came in and took over. They rewrote the documents and demonized the original black gods and blacks that's in that region. That's how come we learned the age of Buddhism in the student in Rome mm. as being thirty five thousand years old. Right, right, right. Elijah Muhammad in Our Savior Has Arrived also gives the age of Hinduism at thirty five thousand years old. When we look at the original people who left from the regions, going up into that region, they date that, that that occurrence of us traveling into that region approximately 35,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a set of principles that has been brought there by us and practiced by the original people, but eventually uh, um, grafted out of this original state into the very state that you see it in today. Mm. So if we're looking at the Bahujans or the Bahajan people who make up 85%, which is the majority, then you look at the Bahujan people here, that even though the Dalits or the original black indigenous people of the land is what Bahujan has been able to represent and, and, uh, and identify, it has a broader state to represent all of the indigenous caste for which exists within that region. So when we look at the 85% here, they are also the Bahujan. Even though the 85% in the lesson is dedicated and pointing out in particular Black people and the effect on the original people, but it is making reference to the indigenous people all over this planet Earth or in this particular area right. or ignorant of the reality of these. Because who is the 85%? There are civilized people, pointed animal eaters, slaves from middle death and power, or people who do not know their origin in this world and they worship that which they know not what. Who is led in the wrong direction, largely leading the right direction? That 10% is what you will cause the higher caste system. The 85% will become the lower caste system for which suffers under the oppression of the 10%. Mm. By falsified religions, Christianity, for which has become politicized right. due to the enslavement of black people. Hold up, because I think I brought this up to you. <laughs> and just to get deep to it. Look at what the science that we learn in the problem book and throughout the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he calls the Bible the poison book. Right. And so what does that mean? This is what it means. A brother by the name of Michael Evans started researching the problem book and he sent it to me. If you know, I always give the brothers the props. Right, who right. bring things to my attention, you know? So he brought it to my attention and he said, God researched it, so I researched it. Come to find out that Poison Book has a definition. Mm. Mm. It, it, the name for the problem book is called the Poison Register. Mm. The Poison Register is defined as a register kept by a pharmacist of the names of people to whom poison has been made available. Wow. 
So the messenger in defining the Bible as the poison book, he is making reference to those who have partaken of Christianity have been made poor, have been became poisoned by such a graphic teaching and by such enslaved. But the same thing has occurred in Islam. When we take on the interpretation of the usurpers who has usurped our origins and our source, it becomes a poison book because right. it begins to enslave us. Thus, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us that the devil had touched both books. So he taught us to learn the language of the scriptures in order for us to translate it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Because right. we're not getting caught up in the Arab religion. Right. <laughs> right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Right? So, oh man, this thing is deep. Now look, even in the definition of problem book, problem books are textbooks usually at advanced undergraduate or postgraduate level in which the material is organized as a series of problems, each with a complete solution given. Problem books are distinct from workbooks and that the problems are designed as a primary means of teaching, not merely for practice or material or learned else, material learned elsewhere. So in other words, when he gave us the problem book, man, look wow. at what he was giving us. Right. Look at the terminology of the usage of the word poison book. Mm -hmm. Look at him using the identification of the same war that is occurring in system or structure, which is used to teach the people there who are also oppressed as we, quote unquote, because I don't like that word oppressed because I'm not oppressed. I'm God body. Right. But the same people that exist within a caste system here mm -hmm. by a 10 percent group who make up the majority. So we use a structured system in order to teach us of our condition. Right. And teach us how to come out of it. When you read the problem book, it talk about how much food you ate and how this particular food that you ate caused your heartbeat to suffer from this amount, caused you to suffer mental deficit from this amount. Black people die mostly from what? We lead the highest in heart failure. Diabetes. Heart conditions, diabetes, our yeah. diet is sickness. But if we study the problem book and we look at it, it's teaching us to teach ourselves in a mathematical way of our own problems in order to bring ourselves out of it. Not to say that there's not a deeper meaning, right? Right. Because I give us this. Let me give a deeper meaning here. We are taught in the problem book that the Savior spoke 16 languages and could only write 10. We are taught this. Now look at this. Hmm. Astronomically, 16 represents periods of time. I wrote this on my page, posted it. The 16 represents 16,000 years and 10 represents 10,000 years. Remember the Lamb taught that our history is written circa every 25,000 years. Each processional cycle occurs every 25,920 years, which approximates said number to 26,000 years. This cycle is of 16,000 years and 10,000 years. Remember the Lamb taught that there was a vacuum between 9,000 years to the 16,000 year where the enemy was able to rule in the absence of one, his equal. True history of Elijah Muhammad, page 272. 
Again, he states that we are 16,000 years from the writing of our history for the next 25,000 years. This is what is meant by the old passing away and a new coming into existence. There was a new world of the white race that came into a vacuum in our history from the 9,000 year to the 15,000 year of our calendar history. A vacuum made in our past 16,000 years, 6,000 years, given to the white race to rule. We are now in the 15,000 year by calendar history of 25,000 years. The rule of the white race terminates at the 16,000th year. And that year is the beginning of the black nation's rule again, as we ruled before the 9,000th year of Yaqub's making. This is the beginning of what is prophesied. The 7,000th year, the 16,000th year, this is called the 7,000th year by the Christian writers, same book. So according to the messenger, 16,000 years has passed in the other Asiatic calendar. The 16 languages that Matthew Farrell Muhammad could speak fluently represents the, 16, the, the cycles in history concerning the last 16,000 years. The mm -hmm. Lamb teaches us in Muslim Lesson 2-1 that there are 9,980 years left to this present cycle of Quran or processional cycle, which began in the year 1, 13,086 BC <clears throat> in the constellation of Virgo. Let me make this clear. The Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad mm, taught us in our Asiatic calendar, he used the word, we are in the year one of our present Holy Quran. And he gave that year one at 13,086 BC. Mm. Do you know that in astronomy, that beginning is called the year one? Wow. This particular processional cycle started in 13,086 BC. Wow. It's astronomy to the only point wow. uh, in the constellation of Virgo. Now, look, <clears throat> the remaining 9,980 years is rounded off to 10,000 years. Therefore, the Savior can only write 10 of the languages, for he has set into cycle the evolutionary will of the development of the original people or the ushering of the new world order of Islam which culminates within the cycles remaining 10,000 years. Therefore, the Savior could speak 16 languages because that history had passed and he was very studied in said history, but he could write 10 of the languages because the remaining future can still be decided and manipulated according to his will. Each cycle represents stages of spiritual consciousness and development. It goes deeper, but I then stop there. Right. It is the same thing of the 26 letters. It is the same thing of us, of the of us, of this of the 400 that the average could read or write. I mean, could speak 400 words well. The 400 words well represents what? It represents the 400 years of our enslavement. <laughs> right. We're able to speak it well because we still exist in a state of trauma from such a state of being. Right. Right. So when we look at the problem book, we need to look at it closely because it's something there, right? And also, too, man, like, you know, just the thought of Islam being mathematics and mathematics <clears throat> being Islam, it right. allows one to not, uh, that understanding allows one to not look for their solutions in a spooky manner, right? It has to be mathematical and practical. If there's going to be any real solution, a real solution has tangible effects. And you can only do it with tangible efforts and um, 
and mathematics being the foundation of everything in the universe. Um, I think that's just a, uh, that's a really powerful way to, to view Islam compared to. The Islam is taught by the messenger to us here. Right. Then right. approaching it from a religious perspective that only leaves you in slavery. Exactly, because from a religious perspective, you are, from a you will approach it as someone who is helpless in this whole process of you, you know, of your existence on this planet. Absolutely. Whenever, whenever you see it as mathematics, you are the maker and owner of that process, right? And Absolutely. so the reality that you have, the reality that you exist in, is the reality that you created. Absolutely. And the messenger said um, at one time, and I'm paraphrasing, that he pretty much only used the word religion only to speak on our particular level of, so that people can understand what he's making reference to. Right, right. And yeah, because we got to think, especially at that time, that's what our people was really, you know, our people was heavy into Christianity. So we had to be able to speak that language in order for them to, to understand. Um there's one last thing I wanted to ask you about before we uh, wrap sure. up, and I appreciate the bill. Um, lately, um, in the news... And let, and let me just say this. The most high blood around and taught us about King God, yeah. that the best religion is doing to others if we want done unto you. Yeah, I saw you build on that um, recently as well, you know. And, um, and that's what the most high blood around and taught. That's also in the restrictive laws of Islam. Mm. Uh, he said, Master Muhammad said, keep a prayer, doing to others you will want done unto you. Mm. So he said that's, that's the, prayer. The, thing. The, the prayer is doing unto others how you as you will want done unto you. Wow, that's deep. Right. Right. That's the science of it. Right. So we have to get out of we have to get out of mystery spook teachings. Yeah, I agree. We have to get out of approaching things from a spooky way. Right. Right. We have to get out of all of that. Yeah. The black man is God. Right, right, right. You understand what I'm saying? That's not allegory. That's an allegory. Ain't no goddamn allegory. What <laughs> the that allegory? No, sir. You know right. what I mean? Listen, right. the black man is so much God that even when you speak to some NGE and speak to some um, Nation of Islam God bodies, um, they can't even understand the science of the high level of power that exists at the hands of being God. Right, right. You know, no, no, look. That's a, I think that's something that we all are constantly understanding and learning. You know what I'm saying? Like absolutely, and that's all of us. But let me let me read something to you from a Sufi master, Hazrat Inayat Khan. He yeah, says, "I know about Hazrat Khan. I got his book on um on music. He a bad boy. Yeah, he is. Right, he a bad boy. He said. Then there is a third person who has imagination, which is strengthened by faith. He does not only pray to God, but he prays before God." In the presence of God, once imagination has helped man to bring the presence of God before him. Look at what he said. Once imagination has helped man to bring the presence of God before him, God in his own heart is awakened. Then before the, he utters a word, it is heard by God. When mm. he is praying in a room, he is not alone. He is there with God. Then God to him is not the highest heaven, but next to him, before him, in him. Then heaven to him is on earth, and the earth for him is heaven. No one did that. No one to him is then so living as God. 
that every word of prayer he utters is a living word. It does not only bring him blessing, but blessings to all those around him. It is the manner of prayer, which only is the right way of praying. And by this manner, the object that is to be fulfilled by prayer is accomplished. Look at what the messenger said. See, it does, then I say, see, it does not matter if the Savior can actually hear your prayers or not. Your belief that he does is all that is needed for the prayer to be answered. Mm -hmm. So the messengers say, whatever you ask him in prayer, believe that he heard it. Mm -hmm. And it will come to pass. If it is not vain, things will come to pass. So science, <clears throat> and we must match that with the law of manifestation. Mm -hmm. The law of manifestation is very clear. Look at this. The saint has himself become prayer, the meeting place of earth and heaven, and thus he contains the universe and the universe prays with him. He is, he is everywhere when nature prays, and he prays with and in her, in and in the peaks which touch the void in eternity, in a flower which scatters itself when the abandoned song of a bird. That is called the spiritual perspectives of human facts. Mm. So <clears throat> when we understand prayer, we must approach it as God. We're right. not going to approach it as if we pray into a mystery God outside of ourselves. Fact. Man who know himself is his prayer. Man who know himself answers his own prayer. He is both the curated and the curator. What, didn't, the, didn't the Sufis say I was, I was looking for God and found myself? And I was myself and I found God. <laughs> Where else would you find it? <laughs> You're no. not going to do nothing else. You know what I mean? <laughs> Inside the Sumerian text, they speak about Gilgamesh traveling to see God. Mm -hmm. He said when he finally made it into the planet, he said he went there and it was like a man standing there um, at a place with his back turned. And he said when the man turned around, he looked just like him. Wow. wow. Ain't that something? Wow. Yep. Well, God, I just want to let you know, hey, man, you know, it's always it's always a pleasure to uh, to it be is my pleasure and my privilege. And, uh, you know, we still going to do it again. We're going to do it again. But yeah. uh, uh, this one, um, this one, this one is dope as always, God. And uh, once again, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the understanding as well, God. No, God, the pleasure is definitely all mine because I love the NG bodies. It don't no matter. I, I like the science. It's a, it's quite a few bulls in that NG that um that are scientists. No Same doubt. thing that exists in the inner wild. You right. got some scientists that are bad. You know what I mean? Right, right. And you gotta, you know, and I love just when when you remove the fluff, yeah, and you get at the root. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to read when you get at the root of a thing and not uh the division game that's in play now and the childish behavior. That occurs, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like it's good. I, yeah, I agree, God. I agree, and that's that's real brotherhood, and that's what men are supposed to be about, you know. Especially yes, knowledge So, but God, till the next time, you be easy, yes, God. Sir. To the God. Peace, God. Peace, Allah. Peace. Yes, sir.